Well, hello, everybody, and welcome to another special episode of the Eat Local New York podcast. I'm your host. I'm Anthony Tringale, and this is our final episode of Conversations to the Palace, our special six-part series where we're talking to people in the restaurant community, food service industry here in central New York who have made an impact. And my final guest today is none other than Adam Weitzman. I'm thrilled to have Adam on the podcast. I've been DMing him randomly for the past couple years, trying to get him to come on and be a guest on the podcast. I'm I'm thrilled that we could make that happen here for this series from the Palace. Um, You know, this series is all about talking to people who have made an impact on or in that restaurant food service scene in central New York. And in my opinion, Adam is one of those people. Um, Adam is constantly in the news for donations he's made or, 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 or you know, organizations that he's helping uh, or bringing you know, really high, you know, world-class celebrities and, and athletes, professional athletes to SU games. Uh, but he's also in the news a lot, and the things that I, I, I take note of are the local restaurants that he's helped out. You know, there's restaurants that have closed, and, and Adam has, has swooped in and hired their staff so their staff would, wouldn't go without jobs. Or, you know, a restaurant, an old beloved, like Johnny Angels is closing, a beloved restaurant in Skinny Atlas, and, you know, he, he buys the restaurant and is, is renovating it to make it into something new. Uh, and not to mention, uh, like we talk about here in the podcast, you know, his restaurant, The Krebs, has brought in some of the top talent in uh, in the food service world uh, to work right here in central New York, and I, I just find that to be extraordinary. So I'm thrilled to have had him on the podcast and be able to finally talk to him. I'm really ex- happy I was able to sit down across from him and shake his hand and, and tell him thank you for um, uh, something he did for me. About three years ago when I proposed to my wife, uh, you know, we I thought that Skinny Atlas is such an important part in my family and my family's history and in our lives. And I, I knew I wanted to propose in Skinny Atlas. And I thought, you know, what would be better than to go out to the pier there in, in Skinny Atlas and go out to the end and it'll be just Rebecca and I and and I'll, I'll get down on one knee and I'll propose right there. And so I reached out to the, the village of Skinny Atlas and I was trying to see if I could, you know, rent the pier for a few hours to make sure nobody else would be down there. And it was just it's something they don't do. I couldn't I couldn't make it happen. And so I messaged Adam, and a uh, long story short, but I messaged Adam and said, is there anything you can do to help me? I know, you know, you live there, you know, you have a place there. Is there anything, you, you know anybody in government that can help me? You can help me just rent this pier. And he said, I can't do that, but what I can do is you can use my house. I have this beautiful house in Skinny Atlas, and we have this garden and this fountain that's right on the water, and, and you tell me when, and I'll, it'll be available. And it was just, I mean, you know, for somebody like that to o- to open up their home to a complete stranger, um, this beautiful, mass, you know, just gorgeous home in Skinny Atlas, uh, he doesn't know me, he doesn't know who I am, and to do that, I just thought it was just absolutely exceptional, and so... It was weird, <laughs> you know. My wife, you know, we're you know, she has no idea what's going on. You know, we leave dinner and we're driving to this mansion, and what are we doing here? <laughs> so, but it was it was phenomenal. And um, so, Adam, if you're listening to this, thank you again. It means the world to me. And uh, well, I'm I'm so excited that, and hopefully, you've been listening to these episodes. 
Um, I'm so excited to get the stories out, just a little bit of information about these people. And, um, you know, if, if you don't already follow Adam, follow our, our guests that we've had on throughout this past week, and, uh, and really just stay connected to what they're doing. These are all people who are making a difference and making an impact and elevating the food scene here in central New York. And so make sure that you're staying connected with everything they're doing. And make sure you're staying connected with us. You know, you can subscribe to the podcast. You can subscribe to our YouTube channel. Uh, but most importantly, you can just follow us online at eatlocalnewyork.com. That's eatlocalnewyork spelled out, dot com, where you can f- see the, the latest blog that we put out, the latest podcast. Uh, you can stay connected with all the restaurants in the Eat Local New York card, see where we're going and what we're doing, what we're eating. You can also purchase your Eat Local New York card. That's going to be a, a great thing to save you $5 uh, whenever you spend $25 or more at one of 160 restaurants all across the state of New York. You show your card, you save $5 off your bill. Uh, so make sure you head over to eatlocalnewyork.com and, uh, and check everything out. Well, without further ado, here's my conversation with Adam Weitzman. Thanks for coming in, Adam. No, thanks for having me. Yeah, we just had the Cortellians in, and I had a cool. You know, my wife and I now we've been married for two years. Had our first date at Possibilities, and you let me propose to my wife in your uh, house out at Skinny Atlas. Yeah, that was a good day. I remember that. That's good. I love Possibilities. It's a great place. Possibilities is awesome. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, we're having people in because you know, this whole theme of the series is people who have made an impact in the restaurant community in Central New York. From what I've gathered from you is that you're a very humble person and probably won't take much credit for it. But um, you are owner of some really important restaurants in Central New York: uh, the Krebs, Elephant, and the Dove. The Krebs, especially this restaurant that has this incredible history in Central New York. Uh, and then you know, recently with uh, stepping into you know with the Hilltop Restaurant and then Johnny Angels. It's, you know, I love the restaurant business. Um, it's been a you know work in progress for a long time. So yeah, you know, just um, when you get a good idea in my mind, just you know, just decide to you know open something different and just try to expand it for the area. How did you? How did the Krebs come about for you? Um, I was walking down the street in Skinny Atlas one day, and a real estate broker came up to me, and he said, "Oh, this might be something good for you. This family that's been doing Krebs forever. Um, hmm. They just uh, someone had passed away in the family, and she said." Uh, it was going to have to close, and she said, you know, you should try to keep it open. Yeah. Um, and then it sort of morphed from there. And then originally I wanted to do the restaurant and then had talked about it in, with Kim and decided to um, make it a nonprofit, you mm-hmm. know, restaurant, you know, with all the money goes to charity. Yeah, so it's been, a, it's been fun. You know, it's been a, the, the restaurant's really been, a, you know, a work in progress. And uh, I definitely like, you know, the direction it's been going. So Yeah, you guys, you know, recently, last year or two have really kind of, Made it a little bit more approachable, right, with the menu and, and whatnot. Yeah, I just I think the mistake was, I mean, when we started it with a really amazing chef. Yeah, uh, chefs in New York City now, and I think he's one of the, you know, one of the maybe top three chefs in the region. Yeah, you know, he, you know, doing that one Michelin star level, yeah. kind of kitchen is a really expensive proposition, <laughs> yeah. and it was it was I just think it was not really what I wanted to do around here, even though it was amazing and it was funny, did a great job, but um, not not as many people could afford it as I wanted it to be. So I had to revisit that. Um, We scaled down the prices. Mm. Originally, I don't, I think the food, you know, after 
that gentleman left, the food was okay. Um, but we've worked on it, we worked on it. And, um, you know, I really like it. The, the restaurant's really busy now, which is great. That's awesome. You know, it's the busiest it's ever been cover-wise. Wow. Um, so it's good. But people just needed, I wanted to make something more affordable. Yeah. That stay on brand is, is, that's what I wanted. When I first started Eat Local New York, um, you know, like we've been doing this for six years, one of the first interactions I had with a restaurant was with the Krebs and Josh, yeah. who was there at the time. And, you know, we went out there and met with them, and he's just kind of showing us around the restaurant. And I could not get over, I mean, not only the kitchen and how impressive that kitchen is, but then also the wine. I mean, it was just this absolutely gorgeous space inside. It came out, it came out nice. It was a lot of work, you know, because we wanted to keep it original. So we actually had basically taken it down to the ground and rebuilt it wow. to look just like the original. So that was like a... That was definitely a you know work of love on that, but yeah, Josh. Uh, when Josh was there, Josh was great. He was a great GM, superstar yeah. with John George, you know. And uh, now he's on the you know Krebs is a good stepping stone restaurant for a lot of great chefs. So they come to the Krebs, and then we expect them to you know move on to you know bigger and better things. So. Yeah, my family has been in Skinny Atlas for summer stuff for the since the fifties. My grandfather back in the like 40s, 50s, 60s, 70s, if there was a jukebox, uh, pinball machine, cigarette machine, it probably came from him. Yeah, that's pretty you know, cool. Hammer is business partner, the Stotts, who had, you know, a marine out in a Tisco, I think. Um, but anyway, so they had built a couple places in Skinny Atlas Lake. We used to rent from the Renales for like yeah. 20 years, you know, down at their old place. Yeah, no doubt, good people. Yeah. yeah. And, um, you know, knowing the history of the Krebs and seeing that it was still you know, you're able to kind of keep it alive uh, and, and revitalize it was pretty cool. Somebody who, I'm very nostalgic about Skinny Atlas. You know, I remember the old Talbots, you know, I'd go in there and buy a pair of goggles and, you know, toy when I was a kid, Right. No. you know. I love the fact that it brings in such amazing talent. It really puts our area on the map with the talent that you bring in there. Yeah, we've, we've, we've really had some really great people come through the restaurant and it's, I love to see, you know, them moving on. Um, you know, Jared is one of the better chefs around. Jared has his own restaurant now, which yeah. I think it's, you know, one of the better restaurants in oh. the whole region. I think he's done a superstar job. Yeah. We were lucky to have him there. He's a great psalm. Yeah. And, uh, Was Jared there? Yeah, Jared worked for uh, under Chef Austin, Executive Chef Austin. Oh, wow. Yeah, Jared was there. Jared uh, worked at the Krebs for a long time. That's and amazing. Now look what he's done. I mean, yeah. I love his new place. And, oh, yeah. uh, you know, he's definitely taken... Uh, restaurants to a you know another area around yeah. here for sure you know so you know it's funny as my wife and i were at uh saint urban Sorry. um oh no you're fine my wife and i were there uh, for at saint urban for our second wedding anniversary just right. in october all of a sudden you walk in and i had my back to the door and you were having dinner with with coach my wife kind of like kicked me and she was like adam adam's over there and i was like oh that's pretty cool like timing that we're there on our Second anniversary, you let us use your house to, you know, yeah. let me use the, your house to propose to her. <laughs> that was fun. And then all of a sudden, Coach Beheim walked in, and I thought she was going to have a panic attack. I mean, she just absolutely lost her mind when Coach Beheim. <laughs> He's a tough critic. He's a tough restaurant critic. Oh, so. oh is he? Yeah. He'll yeah. be like, Adam, I love your restaurant, but Jared's just the best. <laughs> you know, he's like my best friend. He's very, he's very straightforward. So. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's it's really cool to think of the talent that comes through that place, and you know, I mean. Obviously, you're going after top talent in your business. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, what's it like? What's the mindset like of owning that restaurant and kind of being responsible for, you know, something like that, trying to bring in that talent? Are you just trying to do the best that there possibly is? Or are you just trying to have something that's, you know, focused on, 
it just serves that niche or you know, what's your mindset with it? I mean, we're trying to find really good talent. You know, with COVID, it's really tough with staffing, yeah. but we've been able to really um, do okay through the time. It was, it was really tough. You know, you're understaffed at all the restaurants, but yeah. you know, we made it happen. Everybody stepped up and it's, a, it's a, a labor of love there and the staff is great, you know, and uh, Kim at the Krebs runs a really tight ship. Okay. And uh, Elephant and Dove is uh that's been a really great restaurant because just because I think that's that restaurant it, it needed time because when it opened it just I don't really think it was that good. Really? I thought the food was horrible. To be honest, I mean it just wasn't good. It just yeah. wasn't good. It's my fault I owned it, but I just didn't like the food and it's really morphed into a, a, a fun uh, restaurant that's actually making pretty good food. So that's it's great. not there yet, but it's it's definitely it's on the path. Yeah. I, I laugh because most people that defend, you know, they would be like, you're wrong. It's the best thing that there ever was. Um, and that's amazing to hear an owner kind of say that. The Krebs at one time, like when Austin was here, yeah. uh, when Austin was here, he was definitely, um, he came from 11 Madison Park, yeah. and uh, which is, you know, a couple Michelin star yeah. restaurant. And uh, I think at that time it was one of the best restaurants in upstate New York, yeah. you know, but hmm. doing that price point, you know, you can't serve truffles every day with every meal. And, um, yeah. But now we really, I think it's a really good restaurant, and I think it's a good value restaurant, and it's a beautiful setting, and the staff is really wonderful there. So, and you're coming out to Skinalis, it's it's just a beautiful setting. Right. The village is, it just makes a great backdrop for the restaurant. How did you come to open the Elephant and Dove? Uh, Elephant and Dove, it's, um, I wanted to do another restaurant. I saw the building. Um, somebody had offered me the bu- the building was coming on the market, okay. and I bought it before it came on the market, and I decided it'd be a really great place. I love Mexican food. Yeah. Big, you know, uh, Mexican food's probably my favorite. Yeah. Vegetarian, so I can... Oh, nice. I can do some stuff with that, and um, um, all the money from that goes to charity, too, so... Wow. And the restaurants, it was never about making money. It was just about making people happy, and then at the mm-hmm. same time, using that money um, yeah. to, just to do better things with it. Yeah. So... I mean, if somebody had asked me, and uh, I'm obviously no expert, but if somebody had asked me five years ago, four years ago, what do you think Skinny Atlas is missing? I never would have said a Mexican restaurant, but it's perfect fit for the village. Yeah, I mean, they, they're, they're kill- I mean, the covers, they do a lot of covers there. Oh, it's, yeah. it's a busy restaurant, um, but I think it fits in good. Tom Felicia uh, yeah. did the decorating, so he did a really good job and good staff there. But it's, that, that restaurant actually improves, like, each month. I think it improves mm-hmm. a little, so... yeah. Um, we're opening a sushi restaurant. That's the one that's going to be. Yeah. Uh, I think the 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 diner will be next. I think that's next up, and then the sushi restaurant should open right after that. So I'm just going to keep yeah. experimenting, just keep opening. You know, I'd like to try to open like a restaurant or two a year. Really? Yeah. Yeah. All in Skinny Atlas. In the region, I yeah. like the 315 region. So yeah. I'm, I live part time in 607. Yeah. But it's the 315. It's just closer to everything where I am here. So. Yeah. Um, I just think I'll just keep doing some stuff, fun stuff in like Syracuse. Some of it I won't do on my own. Some of it I'll just help support. Um, yeah. Doing some with Danielle from Rise and Shine. Yeah. So I, I help them out some. You know, she's the creative end of it. I'm sort of the financial end of it. So. What's the plan for that? Uh, it's an Italian restaurant where I think it was Grimaldi's was. Yeah. So she's going to make it like fun Italian and she's a really sweet lady. Yeah. And, uh, I really like them a lot as people. So she had come to me and had talked to me about it. I'm like, yeah, I'll definitely help out. I was really trying to, and you know, I, I never asked Jeff, but I asked Danielle 
And uh, maybe we can do it in the future to have a podcast where it's you, Danielle, and Jeff. I think that'd be a blast. Yeah, Danielle's really Danielle's really great. You know, yeah. So she's she's got a great personality. She's the fun one of the two of us. Uh, yeah, I'm sure. Yeah. She's the personality of the two of us. Yeah. So it'll be really fun when she's playing. I see what she's doing. They're doing a lot of the work up there. So That's awesome. It, it should come out. It should be pretty fun. What's the mindset that you have as a leader? I mean, because you've got all these projects. What's your mindset? Is your mindset, all right, I'm going to go in there. I want to open, you know, let's say this restaurant. And when I have my hand, like, are you close to that project? Or are you just kind of finding the best talent and saying, go for it? In the beginning, I was more hands-on there. But I'm not, because I'm so OCD about cleanliness and stuff, it was really hard Mm. for me to be there because I nitpick everything. And I think people were just losing their mind with me being there. (laughs) So we had a lot of, I think, staff turnover because I was there. (laughs) So it was best for me to, you know, work, I think, behind the scenes and just uh, support uh, people that are probably more, a little better at that, uh, you know, the interaction with people than I am. Yeah. So I just am really crazy about kitchen cleanliness. And, you know, when we started out with Austin, you know, you're starting at, you know, basically a Michelin star level, one Michelin star, not like multiple, but level kitchen. So it was spotless. It was scrubbed down every night. And Mm. once you start with that, it's the bar, he set the bar very high and I wanted to continue that Mm. um, along the way, you know, not every restaurant is like that. But when people eat there, we want to eat in a, like a clean, safe, healthy environment and and i just won't there's no leeway on that for me yeah it just kind of goes back to the talent that you attract to the area which um i think you know it helps put our area on the map for you know restaurants for the food scene it's amazing yeah there's so many amazing restaurants you know people talk the 315 has great restaurants and there's so many people doing great things you know we had a little advantage it's a little easier for me because with the with the you know the parent company that I have Mm. we can finance these projects a little easier but there's people that are starting things from ground up Mm. with very little money and doing big things and those are the people that really should be like applauded not somebody like me that can you know I can get there a little quicker by writing a check but the people that really are grinding it out and the people that are like the owners that are in the kitchen they're busting the tables those are the people that really should get the for sure the kudos in this area and there's a lot of them doing it yeah and you know hopefully um, and that's what I want to also do is like if I see restaurateurs or cooks that, that need backing to start, and that's something that I'd like to do. That's cool. Yeah, I mean, talking to, you know, so, you know, we had Eric Devendorf on because, uh, you know, of the bar, his version of the Barstool Fund that he did last year, yeah. you know, raised $70,000 for, you know, 18, 19 local businesses and restaurants. And we went out and I went out this past week and interviewed four of them. And, just for a few minutes and we put together this cool video that I showed to Eric today of just them talking about how they use the money and you know thanking him and you know what kind of an impact it made in their business and you know one of the restaurant owners has had a restaurant in Syracuse for 25 years successful restaurant owner but hearing how a $5,000 grant that she got last year from that fund made such a difference in their business was really astounding to me you know i mean just a small amount of money in a small restaurant owner's life makes all the difference in the world and eric is syracuse if you look at eric even i mean well i'm biased because he's a great friend of mine he's a close personal friend but i mean look at the guy i mean the guy does so much for the community he could have left he stayed yeah um you know he's larger than life and i'm I'm like a huge fan you know so i'm a fan of him not just just the basketball with the kind of person he is because he just doesn't talk about it he he puts the work behind it he loves this area yeah kind of like coach does too 
right. coach is more miserable, but, <laughs> you know, so, you know, that's a guy that, you know, we go to dinner almost every game, so it's oh, a lot really? more pleasurable to go after a win than yeah. a loss, because <laughs> it's probably the worst <laughs> dining experience for that guy, you know, after a loss. So. That's amazing. Uh, yeah, I used to work, years ago, I worked at Metro Mattress, and um, we had a... Uh, um, uh, Coach Beheim, I worked there for Dave Shearoff when he was the CEO. Yeah, yeah. And um, Coach Beheim was like, and, and Julie were like the spokespeople for a little yeah, bit I there. That. And there was this commercial they did where the whole theme of it was um, Coach Beheim at a press conference after a game, but he was in this great, happy mood and loved to answer all the questions because yeah. he got such a great night's sleep on his yeah, that, bed for Metro Mattress. No doubt, I like that. Those are funny commercials. So. Oh, yeah, for sure. It's amazing to think, uh, you know, just his personality and having, like, the stability at SU Athletics with Coach Beheim. And it's, you know, Eric and I were talking about that with, like, the difference between the basketball and the football program. Yeah. You know, it's, uh, it's important to have, like, that stability in one one form of our popular athletics. Yeah, I love, you know, the sports around here has been great for the area. Dino is a great, you know, he's a great guy. Yeah. Local guy eating in local restaurants. Coach is a huge foodie guy. So yeah. he's all about, you know, going out to eat and spending money local. So, yeah. you know, it's the, the athletics is, I think, really important to our area. So, you know, one, I mean, there's a lot of things that you do that bring attention to the area. And one of those things is the caliber of people that you've brought into SU basketball games over the years. Yeah, why is that? Why is that so important to you? I mean, I just think like this area, you know, during you know academies that are great, we sort of lagging. You know, this. I just wanted, you know, it's great for people to come to the dome, and so people can you know meet these people. But also, they're not sitting up in some VIP box. We're sitting down there on the floor where they're accessible. Yeah. And that's what I want. I want. I just want to do fun stuff, and a lot of it's always charity based. You know, I'll do something for. Their charity, like Dave Portnoy, he's coming to a game oh, from Barstool. But, you know, I supported his charity yeah. in New York. That's how I met him originally. Oh, okay. so, so a lot of the people I've met originally through charity and stuff like that. And then they always love, you know, it's it's uh, the dome is iconic and people want to come here. Yeah. And, like, people think, oh, how do you get the people up here? It's very simple. People want to get away, yeah. come up here. It's a great time. The fans love it. And uh, it's it's good. You know, I've made some really great friendships from it. So Yeah, it really is amazing. I mean, uh, I'm one of four children and i'm the youngest of four i'm the only one that grew up in syracuse and uh but our family's always you know known syracuse for skinny atlas right and so none of my siblings like syracuse at all they live in like nashville down in new york city cincinnati um but uh and one of the themes we've been talking about today is how much the city's changed in the past six years especially um really a lot in the past like two years um but my brothers, when they see the articles of the people that you've brought into a game, are like, is this real? Did this really happen? My sister was just in town for Thanksgiving, and you know, we went to Oh My Darling, and she's just out of her mind. How does this restaurant exist in Syracuse? Yeah, another good restaurant. Yeah. yeah they do a great job there. So, yeah, again, bring attention to the places here. It's amazing what you do. Yeah, well, hopefully we can bring up some more fun people this year. COVID sort of derailed yeah. it for a little, but, you know, people are definitely, uh, Portnoy will be funny up here because yeah, he's, he's a big fanatic of sports. Yeah, you know, so that would be he's pretty fun. interesting. Yeah, that would be pretty crazy. So. Um, I'm, a, I'm a little worried about how some of the pizzerias are going to react when he gets up here. <laughs> I know, but... You know, I'm sure he'll pick a, you know, like when we did the pizza review in the city, yeah. they just randomly picked those places out of the phone book. It oh, was really? just like that. And, 
that was it. They don't even say it's Barstool. They just call up, they order cheese pizza, show up, yeah, pay, eat, That's amazing. leave. Yeah, so that was a lot of fun. That was huh. a good time. You do a lot for a lot of people. And, um, a lot of people have done a lot for me too. So, you, yeah. know, as, you know, 20 years ago, today, 20 years ago, maybe two weeks ago, I was in prison for a year. So, wild. I mean, so people supported me and like, you know, when you, when you get arrested and stuff, am I allowed to say that on here? Yeah, I guess I okay. <laughs> But like when I got arrested and stuff, like people, you know, first they try to bring it out, you know, because it's yeah. just the nature of the beast, you know, you get arrested and then you get beat up and you lose your reputation and you get trashed. But then people really then really want to try to help you and bring you up in this area. You know, it's tough because you always gotta get some haters and stuff like that. Yeah. That's part of life, you know, so. But the thing of it is, is like most people, 99% of the people have been wonderful and supportive. And I, it's not that uh, people owe me anything. I owe people a lot in this yeah. region. So it's only the beginning of like giving back. And I use these companies, including the scrap company, as a vehicle to give back to the area. Yeah. And as younger, it's all about how I could enrich myself and let's be greedy and, hmm. you know, how many this and that. But I view it a little differently, probably after I had kids too. You yeah. Know? Oh, I'm sure, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it changes you a little. You know, I have three daughters and stuff, so. Yeah. So how do you feel, like, how do you view or do you view it different, like your leadership style from the restaurants to the scrap to, you know, now coming up on the, you know, crypto uh, warehouse or crypto mine? Yeah, I mean, the crypto thing is a totally different animal, but, yeah. you know, you're dealing with really young people. Like, the staff is pretty young, and they're really dynamic, and they're really... Um, it's you know it's a different generation and it's it's really cool it's, it's it's probably the best project i've ever done is the crypto really yeah by far yeah, yeah it's it's really exciting and it's it's um we're plugging in more today we're using all renewable energy which is pretty yeah. cool for this project so yeah it should be uh it's but the, the style is pretty much the same you just have to show people that you're all in mm-hmm. i'm probably not the easiest person to work with you know because i'm not really like social yeah much at work and uh yeah you know i sort of just just keep pushing forward and yeah it's some people either you love it or you hate it you know so <laughs> i don't know if i'd want to work for me but you know but i think uh i think we have a really dynamic crew you know yeah. combined we almost have a thousand people now wow so it's a lot of people that are there so it's holy uh, cow yeah with the restaurants and the scrap and everything yeah it's, that's um, amazing yeah so it's pretty it's it's good and there's a lot of wonderful people that, yeah. that you know have helped me get to this hasn't been a one you know person show yeah so many people that have sacrificed their time to help me to get to this level is uh you know, i just in my old age i'm more appreciative than i probably was an appreciative boss when i first started out from what i understand of like the scrap business it was kind of like a bit of a struggle right you know 20 years ago yeah, i didn't really know what i was doing i was like i was in the art i was i had an art gallery in the city yeah i was never planning on being in the scrap right. business you know i there's uh my sister got sick mm-hmm. uh, she passed away um my dad asked me to come up for some help came up and help and i i didn't leave and then yeah. you know he retired and um i really didn't know what i was doing in the beginning so i made some huge mistakes and uh you know i was young also and you know cocky and yeah. you know i don't know just uh just trying to be somebody that i wasn't you know yeah so what's your mindset like pre and post prison is it is it like, are you thinking, are you, are you planning your, like, empire while you're, you know, locked away? Or are you... Not no. really planning an empire, but just planning on survival. Yeah. At that time, it was, like, just, you know, planning on just making it to round two, you yeah. know. So that was more that. But in prison, it was, it's, it's weird because 
you know, you just, I had like a year just to think about things. I just would walk in a circle and I'd mop floors. That's all I did is mop floors, walk in a circle. Cause I didn't want to really talk to anybody cause I didn't want to get beat up and I didn't want to get in trouble either. So I just sort of as a year that I just minded my own business. And, um, but I had a year of really clear thoughts, hmm. you know, because you're not bothered by TV, you're not bothered by phone. The outside world doesn't, it goes on without you. So I had a chance to really plan. And I was just like inside, I was like, do I want this to be my legacy? I'm in the paper. I've just embarrassed my family. Because yeah. my parents weren't involved in my crime. It was right. just me. Yeah. You know, it wasn't my employees or anything. There wasn't co-conspirators. It was just me. Yeah. And I was like, it's just a legacy I want to have. I didn't have kids back then, you know, mm. or anything. So mm. I was like, you know, I can, there's a, you know, a turning point. So do I want to go right or go left here? You know, because then I just was like, I got to do something better than this. So. I mean, obviously you're far from done, right? And in any of your endeavors or building your, you know, building these different businesses. No, I'm just like, I'm, uh, physically I'm pretty tired, but like, <laughs> but I'm, I'm definitely just starting. Yeah, this, and there's a whole new world out there of new things to try. The metaverse is, uh, I really uh, dove deep into the metaverse. So that's going to be yeah. a really cool thing when that comes out, that, yeah. what we're building there. So that's going to be pretty neat. So. Yeah. Yeah, it's going to be some, who would have thought five years ago we'd be I talking know. about, you know, building, you know. I have no idea what virtually. that means, but I did just buy a pair of VR goggles, and I'm thinking that so has some kind of it. Yeah, so, yeah, it's going to be pretty neat when it all, everything will tie it together. As with most things, I'm like listening to Gary Vaynerchuk, and then now I'm, you know, watching exactly what you and Jeff are doing, and I'm thinking to myself, there's something to be had there. I have no idea yeah. what any of it is or how that affects, how Eat Local New York can be involved with that or when that becomes a thing in Syracuse. Yeah. I think it'll become more and more sooner than you think, you know, yeah. so it's, uh, it, it should be pretty interesting. We'll see, you know, you can never tell because it's uncharted waters, but right. um, it's, uh, it's, it's been pretty exciting, you know, so. Have you gotten heavy into NFTs lately? I'm not the big, uh, Jeff, uh, who's a good friend of mine, yeah. Jeff uh, does, Jeff's really an NFT guy. Yeah. Um, I do understand like the future of NFTs, you know, soon when you buy a sports ticket, it's going to be an NFT. It's not going to be a ticket anymore. So it's going to be, yeah. you know, so it'll take away scalping, you know, right. because that, there'll be a, every time that's sold, it'll part money will go back to like Ticketmaster, whoever right. is going to be doing it. So, um, I mean, NFTs is definitely going to be um, a pretty interesting uh, yeah. thing, but that's going to play a big part in the metaverse. But in the metaverse, I'm more into developing the land in the metaverse and that's what i'm uh, working on now some of the biggest you know exchanges ever are happening right now and that with you know land and sandbox there's some and, really yeah. great stuff and uh, I'm, I'm lucky that i was able to play a part of those early hmm. you yeah. know you're taking a winger on it you know virtual right. land you know but when i saw nike looking and i saw gucci looking i'm just like that's there's something there's something to this um, I, I had an idea to, to, to try and develop an NFT for Eat Local, and my thought was that you know, it would be just such an experience. Whoever, has, whoever is the owner of it at the time would just come to these events that we would do every single year. Um, and uh, once I figure out what an NFT is, maybe I'll do that. But, uh, <laughs> I mean, I think it'll fit in great with the food industry. It's going to come. Yeah. It's, gonna, it's definitely going to come. And what you're talking about, like doing that with the events, I think that's like really neat. Because Jeff's really big into the, doing the events with his oh, with yeah. the thing that I'm helping him with. This new, I've I've been defending you for the past week and a half to my wife and her friends about your and Jeff's and I forget his name new project. Yeah, it's um that's really Jeff's baby. Jeff's the, the definitely the brains behind that. Um, I'm just you know sort of like a financial partner to it. Um, I just really believe in Jeff. He's a really smart guy. Yeah, He's really a good person. Yeah. So whatever Jeff was going to do, I was going to support him anyway, no matter what it was. <laughs> so. Um, 
you know, Jeff and I have different uh, ideas on this. You know, he is, uh, I think he already has so many people applying, so he's like way oversubscribed on that. I think it's pretty amazing That's for awesome. this area. Yeah. But I still want to do one that is lower priced. Um, that, that that more people can do. And I think that's uh, the thing that I'm gonna work on that is to that's have cool. something that's much more affordable. Yeah. So it's a, a second tier, still giving the motivational and, and expertise of, of people, but maybe not like at an exotic locale, you know, yeah. something that cool. there's some beautiful places up here we can do it that's not gonna cost as much. So the, sure. the price going, anything that I get in, I'm donating to the boys club anyway. So that's awesome. I don't really, I don't really care about the profit part of it. Yeah, I think we can do some stuff to get people around here, make a big think tank for people. And uh, with everybody combined, we can take this area and make it better for everybody. Yeah. And I know that you're obviously based out of 607 area code, but has there ever been an appeal or has there ever been a desire to like position yourself or anchor yourself in a different part of the country? No. Or world? I mean, luckily, you know, I've been able to, I can... I have some places, yeah, different right. places, but I'll never, I'll never leave. No, yeah. I mean, I, I just don't want. You know, we've been offered to There's move home. the company, do all this kind of stuff, but I'm never gonna leave 607. 607 will always be my first home, and then 315 is my home too. So yeah, yeah, I like, I like both a lot. So I still have the same house in 607 I had for 25 years. So oh, really? Never, yeah, it's a small house. You know, pretty modest house, and modest block, and I'll never leave there just because yeah. I just want. I, I just love it there. It's my good luck house. You know, so. <laughs> awesome. I have a good luck pair of socks. Yeah, actually, I have what's known as a bad luck house. It's in the ghetto, but uh, my socks are pretty nice. Yeah, that's good. <laughs> um, all right, so I'm a, I'm a small restaurant owner. I'm, I'm thinking about getting into a, opening my first restaurant. Right, I'm going to open up here in Syracuse. Give me two, one, two, three pieces of advice that you're like, man, if I could get this into the mind of every future business owner, I wish they knew this. I mean, food cost is huge. I think food costs and margins. I think, you know, a lot of people don't really know their food costs. And I think that's really the, that's really the make it or break it for a lot of restaurants. I think, um, I think inventory control is really important and, and, mm. and waste and spoilage are, are things that are not too glamorous to talk about, but I think that's the key. Massively important. Yeah. Um, we first started Eat Local, somebody had, you know, I was doing social media for like one or two restaurants and, um, you know, on my phone back in the day. And uh, somebody asked me to go visit this restaurant owner because they said she needs a lot of help and just go see if you can help her. So I went and met with her. Um, her story from what now I know is like the story of a lot of people in the restaurant industry. She had a great job at a bank. She loved to cook at home. Our friends loved X, whatever it was, right? Insert here. And you've got to do it. You've got to open up your own restaurant. You make the best, whatever, you'll crush it. And so she quit her job with benefits and everything and took out a loan and opened a restaurant. And she did make the best, whatever it was, but she didn't know how to buy food, how to do food costs, how to set a menu, pick a location, pick a name, market, or anything like that. And a year later, she was you know, out of business. Yeah, because you can burn cash if you don't have your margins. Um, right. A friend of mine is one of the best soul food cooks. Yeah. He's like amazing, he's one of my best friends. And um, he opened a small restaurant, he served the best, macro, uh, the best uh, uh, macaroni and cheese like mm-hmm. ever. It's yeah. just like, this is amazing. And like, it's $4.50. I go, hmm. how do you do it? He's like, I use like 13 cheeses. I go, well, what does it cost? And 
he didn't realize that the, every time he sold one, he was like losing money. Oh, wow. And it hurt, but it was just, um, that's, it was one of the periods he was just a great chef and everybody's like, oh, you should open your own restaurant. You know, your restaurants are in Skinny Atlas, so they're not necessarily in the, in the area of like the DoorDash and Grubhub and that kind of stuff. Yeah, right? we haven't done any, but, I don't think they've, I don't think we've done very much of those right now. If you were in an area where they serviced, would you be on those platforms, do you think? I'm not sure. Okay. <laughs> I'm not sure. I'd leave it up to the GM to say yeah. that kind of thing. I mean, they take 30%. A lot of people in here would shake their head no, but a lot of them are still doing it. You know? Yeah, I mean, some things are necessary evil things. Sometimes, you know, some locations, you have to do it. So I don't, yeah. I don't begrudge someone for doing for what sure. they got to do to survive. You know what I mean? If people are going to pay the premium to, to get the service of that, I guess it's, it's not really my thing, but it's probably... Yeah. important thing to a lot of restaurants. Skinny House is like a destination place, so sure. people aren't driving too far. A lot of people come from Rochester, though. Krebs, oh, really? has, Krebs has a big following from, like, Rochester. Oh, wow. So you get a lot of people from out of town. 607, a lot of people come up. So I mean, you know, like I said, I mean, I absolutely love Skinny Atlas. It's, you know, it's our second home. I mean, yeah. if Skinny Atlas didn't exist, I don't think that, you know, I would, want, I would live in Syracuse. Um, even just going out to the Sherwood, Doug's, you know, I mean, you know, Johnny Angels, now you're going to be doing this diner, which is pretty exciting. Yeah. Um, really exciting to see everything that happened there. Um, you know, the Hilltop was, you know, our family would go to breakfast there for years yeah. and years and years. You yeah, know? I liked it. I started that, you know, because it was my daughter's favorite, my daughter Clover's favorite place. Yeah. So when they said, when they were to sit in there, and they're like, oh, we're going to close. And she's all, like, bummed out. So it's <laughs> like, what can we do to, like, because you need a low-priced low option in Skinny House. Yeah. It's so important yeah. that you have something that everybody can go to on a daily in congregate and like after church or yeah. after school and, and Hilltop did that. And they had, if you really look, they've had the same staff forever. Yeah. So I think it, it showed that that place definitely needed to stay. Do you think Skinny Atlas is ever going to get commercialized the way that so many people have wanted it to? No. No? No, I think the zoning is really tough there to do yeah, anything for there. Sure. Yeah. It's the world's toughest place to do anything. Yeah. So there's not that many spaces that... You know, I, I really don't, I don't really see that. And a lot of the spaces on the main streets are smaller spaces. So I don't think you would get like a, like a big, you know, like a Wendy's or yeah. Subway or anything like that. And the rents are pretty expensive. In oh, yeah, so sure they are. I hope it wouldn't be because it's charm is how they've kept it. You know, yeah. it's very clean. It's very neat. They, they've done a good job in Skinny Atlas to, to keep it up. All right. Three most important things in your life. What are they? Um, family's number one, of course. Um, number two would be... Um, This community is really important to me. Yeah, I, I love the community here, and and um, that's a tough one. Number three would be um, a big thing for me is that that everyone needs to you know it's it's sad in, in our world in this area that people are still hungry you know and uh, that's one of the things for the restaurants about giving back. It's just it it kills me that we throw away stuff or Paul and I just went to eat, you know, yeah. and, you know, there's extra food there and then there's people that can't eat. So I think, uh, we have to make it that everybody, you know, yeah. kids have, th you know, three good meals a day. And I think that's like really important. People should have the bare minimum at least and, you know, have a, a roof over their head and, you know, have hot water, have food yeah. and just have a good quality of life. And we, you know, I've been blessed with way too much for one person should have. Nobody should have as much as I have. So it's, it's sort of like my obligation to give the stuff back and not hoard it and be greedy. Because I already did the greedy thing and it didn't go so well. Paul, what was the question you want me to ask? It was like, it was like, it was like fast paced. Oh, you know, quick fire? Yeah. Oh, no. 
Thanks, Paul. No more three things. Don't worry. <laughs> what is your favorite hobby? Um, I think my favorite hobby is just um, um, just going for walks with my oldest daughter. Yeah. Yeah. Is it New Century? Because, you know, you go there a lot. No. And you were, no. What was it, two years ago or last year when you guys were supposed to go there and they were closed? Yeah. Yeah. Right. It's like Christmas, New Year's Day or something like that. You drove all the way out here. And there. <laughs> yeah. It's Central New York. Um, Glazed and confused. <laughs> I got to think of that one. And... I'm not sure. I'm giving me on that Yeah, one. that's all right. It's a tough one. Man, I can't thank you enough for coming no, in. Thanks for having me. You know? Sorry, No, so, don't apologize for that at all. Sorry, buddy. No, Sorry, I mean it was. Um, you know, like I said, you know, you play. I know, I know your view on it, but you play a big role, and I know countless people tell you this all the time. But you know, you may, you play a big role in the Central New York community and the food scene, and bringing the things. You know, bringing this level of excellence to the food scene that others, you know, these small places look up to and admire and it's really important. You know, I appreciate so. it. Thank you. Yeah. Thanks for having me on. So. Thank you, man. Appreciate it's good it. Seeing you. Yeah. Thanks. Well, there it is, everybody. Thank you so much for checking out the podcast. Again, make sure you're subscribed and leave us a review. Let us know what you think of the podcast and don't forget to follow us online at eatlocalnewyork.com. Well, until next time, we're going to catch you right here on the Eat Local New York podcast.